to another edition of That's a Wrap podcast. We are joining you right after Game 3. Another victory for the Toronto Raptors. Jason is with me today. Dre, unfortunately, is not. He is on vacation. But it looks like the Brooklyn Nets are about to be on vacation, too, very soon. So, (laughs) Jason, how's it going, man? It's good, man. You can't help but feel good. This is the first time in franchise history that we've gone up a 3-0 lead in a playoff series. Uh, and it look I don't know about you, man, but I'm smelling sweet, bro. Yeah. And, um, you know, on, on the ESPN broadcast, I'm sure what we're going to see on Sunday is Jalen Rose busting out the Wallis. And that's for my Filipino listeners out there. There might be a sweep on Sunday. It's looking really good. It is is looking really good, and honestly, man, like the Brooklyn Nets—they're not a garbage team. They're a scrap. They're a scrappy team, and they're extremely depleted. They're extremely depleted. Yeah. And if if they were healthy, like the Raptors are, uh, this would be a completely different matchup. But they're not. And and the thing is that they are they are a matched. It's just a good feeling, man. It's a good feeling knowing that we're up three zero, and I I think that I, not to look ahead, but. I feel like Raptors Twitter have been the most ease and the most relaxed ever in their in the Raptors playoffs lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and they have every reason to, right? Pascal Siakam has continuously improved with each passing game, and I think that today, those of us who have already believed that he never really was struggling too much, it was just a matter of getting into his rhythm. I think we saw that today. For those of us, and if there's any leftover fans for Siakam who felt like he wasn't back yet, he absolutely was. He was attacking mismatches, even attacking Jared Allen, the one person who's actually taller than him. He just kept attacking and attacking, and he's, his decision-making was there. He had a very uh, Siakam-esque line, which you would have been used to all season long. 26 points, 8 boards, 5 dimes, 11 of 23 shooting even hit a couple of threes. So I think that the, the, the Siakam of old we're starting to see again. His, his defensive performance has always been there. It's been there throughout the bubble. And I think that now the offensive game is starting to catch up to that. Um, any comments on, on Siakam? How did he look to you? I think, honestly, it feels like he had a quiet 26. You know? Yeah, yeah. And he's always going to be criticized for like not being... Uh, able to I don't know take over a game but I mean the fact that he got you know 26 11 for 23 like you said eight rebounds like this this is maybe not superstardom but do you really think that uh, Pascal needs to be do you really think that this team is equated for like a superstar who needs to play you know 40 plus minutes needs to put up 38 points they, they don't Pascal just needs to be Pascal and he's going to put up these numbers which are fantastic numbers for a star and that's who we have um this team is is a team you know what I mean like there's there's so much saying about super teams of like uh LeBron AD Kawhi and PG and then like you know the top three but Pascal is kind of like the lone star if you needed to pick a star from this team. All of these guys on the Raptors could be a star on their own. Fev Van Vliet, of course. Kyle Lowry is a star. Marcus Saul used to be defensive player of the year. And like then you have a Pascal Siakam who is, who's, remember, he's only, only played basketball for not even half his life. And it's, it's just funny when you see something like a 26 points and he struggled. Why? Because he's not putting 38 points up. Like it's, it's, 
you have to kind of pick and choose your poison when it comes to Pascal. I think, honestly, he's been playing fantastic, and nor do I think that the Raptors are honestly trying that hard <laughs> in the yeah. first round. Like, you know, it's it's hard it's hard for me to pick anything out for Pascal. Sure, I want him to be more aggressive. Sure, I want him to shoot less threes, but he's going to take what the game has given him. And 26 points, I'll take that any day. Yeah, and another number that that jumps out there, uh, and you, you were kind of alluding to it with 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 Freddie and and Kyle there, you know, Fred Freddie is still shooting lights out from out, outside. You know, six of ten from three. That's almost becoming a norm now. Um, but I think what really jumped out to me for for Fred and Kyle, who again picked up another charge, at, at least one charge. Was it one or two? I don't, I'm starting to lose count now. Now it's uh, like, I believe it was one at least. Okay. Okay. So. He's continuously picking up charges, but from the standpoint of Fred and Kyle, both of them played under 35 minutes. That is huge. If we think about the second game where where even during the last episode, you know, I know that we you weren't there, but but me and Dre brought it out. It's like this was probably that game two was probably Brooklyn's best chance at pulling out a victory. Um the they were shooting really well they were knocking down the open threes the raptors themselves most of them were not playing well individually but they managed to gut it out and a lot of that was due to the help from well it was a norm powell game yes but a lot of that was because of fred van vliet's presence but fred van vliet needed to play 43 minutes in that last game so the fact that he could come into this game score almost as many points and only play 32 minutes is great because we're going to need all of our guys to be fresh. And the fact that Kyle Lowry played the most minutes of anyone, but it was still under 35 minutes is huge. So that these guys are fresh for the next round and, and we can already start to think about, you know, what this will look like against a team like Boston, who, you know, it's also looking like they're going to be sweeping their their opponent. Absolutely. Uh, and, and looking at the numbers right now, I mean, it's not a, you know, a playoff norm performance but i guess he didn't need to because you have his running mate serge Ibaka. both of them played 22 22 minutes 39 seconds serge got 20 points in those 22 minutes that's incredible and i remember back when he was like when he started this game he was a little he was a little off i think he was missing a lot of those bunnies he had a offensive foul uh charge and it he just look like oh here here's the old surge again but then he just needed to see one go in and then a couple of times you just saw a flick of the wrist a three from three from three point land like he he got it going man and it was really good to see surge last game was norm uh you know first game was, was kyle it you always see somebody contributing somebody different contributing and raptors fans you have to embrace this moment when you have the you have both mark and surge uh playing off of each other for for center position like i don't think that we're gonna have that next year so raptors fans you have to embrace that you have to realize what a luxury it is to have both marcus all and serge Ibaka playing for, for one another yeah we we really are spoiled as as a fan base and you know as as we continue to to look through those numbers we're seeing another improvement again game by game you know i i spoke about it earlier about Siakam's game by game improvement. The other thing that's improved is in game one, the the Nets had the, one of their glaring positives from that game one. Game one, even though it was a blowout, was that they did score a lot from the paint. They they outscored the Raptors by twenty points. 
in game one. And, but again, that wasn't needed from Toronto because of the 22 three-pointers in this game. And also in that second game, in the second game, the Raptors turned that around and, and, and outscored them by 14. In this game, the Raptors took it full full on and outscored the Nets by 24 points in the paint. That's amazing. And if, if you're a Brooklyn fan, you, you just got to throw your hands in the air. You, you don't know what to do at this point, right? The the Raptors can show you how to how to how they can kill you from outside, and now they're showing you they can kill you from inside. There is there's just simply no answer, and it's very inspiring to see the Raptors play like this because this is a franchise that is typically you know before last season underperformed. When there are expectations, there would be something. There would always be this waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I think. Over the last two seasons, what we've seen is the Raptors are living up to their expectations and even exceeding them. So very promising play from from these guys, from the defending champs. Granted, uh, you know, going on to the Brooklyn side, after you guys uh, recorded, uh, the news came out that Joe Harris left the bubble for not medical reasons. So prayers up. I hope everything is okay. I hope, you know, nothing serious is happening. But that means that he's not going to be able to join the Brooklyn Nets uh, throughout the series. But credit to credit to Tyler Johnson. He came in uh, to enter the starting lineup 23 points, kind of like the last game where Jock Vaughn uh, put in Lawu Cabarro. Uh, you know, just to switch things up a little bit, but you know, Tyler Johnson taking the role for Joe Harris played a solid game. He went five for nine from three point land, played twenty four uh, minutes, fifty three percent. Like that, he he looked he looked really good. But again, I just feel like the Raptors are are just outpowering the Nets at the moment. I don't think they really have an answer for like Lowry Van Vliet, of course, Van Vliet quietly six threes again he's on fire this entire time i don't know who the third baby is but it's (laughs) you know we're looking we're looking spry we're looking good and from the jump i i think what surprised me well i guess didn't really surprise me more like you know made me grin was the fact that from the jump everyone the starting lineup was springy they they were into the defense they were talking communicating their defensive rotation is top notch and like you said Brooklyn doesn't really have an answer. They don't really know what else to do because like they don't they don't really have the uh rotation players to cut through the defense. And when you have someone like Karis LeVert who is fantastic, but you have OG and Siakam anchoring that defense to stop him. When you have those two long, lengthy, athletic, fast defenders who can also play you know, clearly can play offense as well. Uh when you have LeVert trying to force himself in into uh, the paint, it's not going to go well for you. So, I, I'm, I don't, I don't want to look at, look too much ahead. But I mean, I, no. I'm spelling sweet, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, and and so am I. And, and I'm, I'm beyond the point now where I feel like I, I would be jinxing things. I think this, this Raptors team has shown that they're very much capable of pulling off the sweep. I got a question for you. So, sure, what we saw in this game was that the Nets came out after halftime, and you, you already alluded to this with, with Tyler Johnson. They were coming out, you know, guns a blazing. They kind of tried to, um, you know, to stick with the analogy there, like empty the chamber, right, in in the third quarter and and try to make a game out of this. And it reminded me of game two where, uh, sorry, not game two, uh, game one where the Nets also came out, you know, guns blazing in in the, the third quarter and made their run. 
They they outscored the Raptors by 13 in that game one and were able to make a game of it, at least temporarily, before the Raptors pulled away. In this one, too, in that third quarter, Tyler Johnson just couldn't miss. I, every time he threw it up, I, I felt like it was going in, right? And, you know, what we mm-hmm. saw in not just game one, but even in game two, the Nets had outscored the Raptors. So there was something, sorry, in the third quarter. So there's something about, you know, Jacques Vaughn and, and his halftime speeches or his adjustments is that, you know, these, this team comes out prepared with, with some sort of an, an adjustment. But the difference between today and game two and game one is that the Raptors consistently came back and answered. And I think that's also something that's inspiring if you're a Raptors squad is that uh, you're able to answer those runs a lot earlier now, not have to wait till the fourth quarter and grind it out at the end. This is the first time that the Raptors have outscored the Nets in the third quarter. And, you know, again, it it goes back to what we were just saying about Brooklyn. It's like, that was it. That was your chance to make a comeback. And even though they brought it down to, what was it, like 11, maybe 10? The Raptors came back with an answer. And that's got to be so deflating. And I guess my question to you then is, and I don't know if if you can answer this, I I definitely can't, is, is, is there anything left here? Is like, does this Brooklyn, what does Brooklyn need to do to even get a game here? So it, it, it's more mm-hmm. of a, a gentleman's sweep. Like what, what, what do they, can they do anything? I think the, like you, like we said, like we alluded to before, game two was their best shot and they were hitting it on all cylinders. I feel like the only way that the Brooklyn Nets would have a chance if they continue to shoot a good percentage and keep firing those threes. Today, not so much. They were 16 of 51, 31%. But if they keep shooting it and they, they constantly get it in, let's face it, they're not going to be able to come into the paint. Either Marcus Saul, Serge are going to be there. And when you have OG, Siakam, and every and the entire, you know, five man rotation are are on a string, you're not going to be able to um drive in the paint. However, you are going to be able to drive and kick out. So if you can shoot as, and and that's the problem because they had Joe Harris who has a very quick uh, shot. And now that you don't have that, Tyler Johnson, yeah, he he's good, but honestly, I won't, don't think he's going to ha- uh, put up 23 points in the next game. You're going to need someone who's going to shoot quickly, um, and they don't have that right now. So if if and I doubt it, they're going to shoot, uh, you know, more than 50 or 31 uh, percent. There's no other way. They they can only shoot their way. They're either going to shoot their way through a win or they're going to shoot their way through a loss. So yeah. that's the only way. Yeah, and uh, in in if there's any, if you want to pick and choose the best parts of Brooklyn's games through these first three, or best players or best shooters. Again, we are we are both in agreement here in terms of you know Brooklyn's three point game is you know while they fire up a lot of threes, it's the accuracy of those that'll help determine whether or not they have a shot at a win. Game one. Their best shooter was TLC, knocking down six of nine from beyond the arc. Game two, that fell on to Joe Harris, who we said is not not in the bubble anymore. But it also, who had a good game, was Garrett Temple, who went five of 11 from beyond the arc. In this game, <laughs> that fell on Tyler Johnson, five of nine. So what I'm trying to get at is there's three different players who have all stepped up. If more than one of them step up, if it ends up being two of those guys, or even Chris Chioza, who... Uh, finally got some run and and was three of five from downtown. If if two of those four guys end up hitting, you know, start hitting their outside shot, then you know you could see a little bit of a recipe there for them to 
make some noise and, and and make the Raptors sweat it out a bit because I think what what I guess the blessing and the curse of a 3-0 lead is that the other team can't help but start looking forward. Now, now I, I'm not speaking on behalf of the Raptors here. I personally am starting to look forward, but uh, I know that Nick Nurse has his guys focused and Lowry will make sure that they're not looking ahead. But, you know, it, it, it'll be hard when you see how easily the Raptors manhandled the Nets today not to think about, start thinking about Boston, right? And the Nets could probably catch the Raptors sleeping if, if they're not focused heading into Sunday's game. Absolutely. And speaking about, you know, trying to fire in all cylinders, the reason why I talk about so much about Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka is that the, the paint is secure. In evidence of that, you had Jared Adam who played 32 minutes and 30 seconds. He didn't attempt one field goal. Not one. The only points that he made was on the stripe. Or he did have 17 rebounds, but they're not looking to him. They're not looking to go into the paints because that's so locked up. We're we're basically playing a Milwaukee style, if you will. Um, I think that we have better perimeter defense, but I digress. It's I, I just feel like at this point, moment, if the Nets uh, are able to get a get one out and you know call it a douchebag sweep, if you will, I don't think this is this is going any further than four games. So next game, it's finally not going to be a uh, afternoon match. We got, uh, I get, what time is it at actually? 6.30. evening game? Yeah, yeah. We finally oh, get an evening game. Uh, prime time for the sweep. <laughs> Amazing. So prime time for the sweep. Uh, make sure you check us out on, on Twitter at That's A Rap Pod because we're going to be uh, talking to you guys throughout the entire game. Uh, make sure to find us on That's A Rap Podcast on, on Instagram and you know email us at desperatepodcast at gmail.com because we love talking to you guys. Raptors Twitter is amazing. Uh it's so much so that I Jay you you talked about like the Raptor slander uh and, and the pettiness of the Raptors Twitter and I love it. And it's it is so true. Um we're it's so fun being in this position where we're up 3-0 looking for a sweep for the first time in franchise history. Let's get it going until game four until that bring out them sweeps, bring out the brooms. That's a wrap. <laughs>